Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. That's 310 Pitt Street, should you ever find yourself in Sydney or if you cannot find yourself here, why not find them online, kingscomics.com. Perfect. Every single comic we talk about on the show can be found at King's. It's also a lovely place to go with great air conditioning. It is. Wish we were recording there today. Same. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And this, uh, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I reckon next week's show is going to be the best episode of Series Issues ever made. Nice. Because we're doing two weeks in one. This is uh, the slow summer. <laughs> I it's, think it's, it will definitely be the longest. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I, 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 I'm definitely a quantity of a quality yeah, person. Absolutely, so that's absolutely. why I think it will be the best. Um, we've been kind of holidaying and, mm. uh, you know, all the extra holiday bullshit that you have to do yep. in January has meant we've been recording a week behind each time. Um, this episode, by the time it goes up, there will be two new weeks of comics that have come out since the, the week of comics that we're about to talk about came out. And I still haven't finished reading the week that we're about to talk about. Yeah. So, um, look, behind, guys. with the knowledge that next week may well be the best episode of Serious Issues uh, ever recorded, I yeah. present to you the potentially worst episode <laughs> of Serious Issues ever recorded. At the very least, the most average. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, everybody. <laughs> it's going to be real mediocre today because uh, I, I read most of these comics uh, before going to Singapore mm-hmm. 10 days ago. Nice. And then I had like a, just a stack of them that I was like, okay, cool. And when, when the kids are asleep or when we go to bed, I'll just mm. get through this pile. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> comics. <laughs> I don't know, it felt like a real a real chore. Um, yeah. So I read the, the bulk of these uh, on an overnight flight from from uh, Singapore to Sydney uh, two days ago uh, with uh, both of my children sleeping on my legs, which I can now barely feel. I think it's just impressive that you took a stack of comics with you on a on a plane. We when you have That's two madness. kids and you go on holidays, you have to bring. 10 bags. Ah, right. So yes, there's yes, room yes. in one of those bags for a stack of comics. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, yeah, because, you know, you can't bring nappies just in case you can't buy nappies in the country because what if this country doesn't have nappies? <laughs> <laughs> All those babies walking around just yeah, like poo dribbling down their legs. <laughs> oh, um, so let's uh, let's kick off this episode the same way we do, just letting you know that, yeah, that this episode features reviews of comics that came out two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And next week we'll have a double week. Uh, in which Good we review, I've covered. I've got to try and read seventy comics. Good lord! From uh, tonight till next 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 Monday. 
I've never um, hoped for a late shipment, but I hope for a late shipment today. <laughs> uh, so let's kick things off with our, our, um, our beginning segment, First Things First, in which we review all of the new issues that came out the week that we were reviewing. Uh, and we got a small stack of uh, number ones, but Siobhan appears to have only read one of them. Yeah. So let's re- review that one first. It's right. uh, from Marvel. It is Old Man Hawkeye, number one, uh, by a, uh, a writer that I'm, I'm not familiar with at all. His last name is Sax. And he's nice. uh, Ethan Sachs at that, uh, mm-hmm. with art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Andre Mossa. Um, and uh, this takes place in the same world as Old Man Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a prequel comic, mm-hmm. uh, because in that book written by Mark Millar, with Steve McNiven or not? Is it Steve McNiven? I don't know. I've never One read of, it. Really? Wow. just um, doesn't appeal to me. Uh so in that book, an old uh, an old man Logan, mm. old, old Wolverine, um, in a world in which he's killed all the X Men and he's like living with a By bunch accident? of regret. Yeah, because he got mind control powers. Right. Um, he ends up teaming up with a now blind Hawkeye mm-hmm. um, to take down the Hulk. I can't remember something like that. The Hulk's inbred children. Yeah, Mama's horrible. He's like a horrible man. Uh, so I don't this know what he's like in person. this is a prequel comic to that event um, in which we basically see Hawkeye. Um, who is going blind mm. um, and uh, it's you know still a post-apocalyptic scenario it's the, the world is no better than it is in old man Logan mm. um, but I actually think I enjoyed this more I got got a bit more out of this story than I did out of uh, the kind of like you know almost not quite shock element that that Miller, go, Miller goes yeah. for in Old Man Logan, but it's like, you know, it's very much like, and now this is a, this one's dead, and now this yeah. guy's evil now, and blah, blah, blah. This is, uh, you know, mining that world for something that I found a bit more interesting. Um, and we see Old Man Logan, sorry, Old Man Hawkeye. Um, slightly young Old Man Ho- Ho- Hawkeye. Than, slightly younger yeah. Old Man Hawkeye. Uh, is everyone in this universe just called Old Man? Yeah. Old, old Man Wasp. Ultron. <laughs> Old Man Ultron is married to Hawkeye's ex-wife. ex-wife? <laughs> I like that. that. Was, yeah, that I was like... maybe the silliest part of this whole comic. Yeah, there was there was some real goofy stuff in this, but um... but taking itself so seriously, yeah, like, super silly. But then like Ultron is standing there with his arms around his wife, like honey. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, that he takes on uh, a bunch of like the Madrox gang. Yeah, the, the the multiple man from the X Men mm-hmm. and, and X Factor, except they're. They have kind of uh, given up, like they've they've re- like rebelled against the original Madrox, so mm. they're just evil guys now. And um, with sweet mustaches, yeah, big old cowboy mustaches. I really like the art on this. Yeah, Chichetto I think does a really killer job. There are some like the the scene where Hawkeye is shooting all the inbred Madroxes through their faces was really good. Yeah, and I think you know, yes, this comic takes itself so seriously, but it's able to with that level of, of, of this level of art like mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's not cheesecakey at all it's very and, and the colors are quite muted and i think that really aids the story quite well i would have liked it a little bit poppier color wise but that's a personal choice sure no one likes a muted color set i think, I think it works for this story yeah um but uh what is fun is kind of seeing all the various uh you know marvel enemies that are in this desolate wasteland and mm. what, what where they've ended up there's a great venom moment there really uh, is. Really, really gory. And I like the bit where Hawkeye brings old man Logan a Xbox for his daughter. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to bring us right up to the point where uh, um, Wolverine recruits recruits Hawkeye to help him. But in this, we see Hawkeye trying to recruit Wolverine. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and failing at doing so. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure what, the, what this is going to be about. It's basically him going on a mission that he doesn't think he's going to return to. Losing from. his eyesight, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think pretty it's good. actually pretty, like, considerably better than I thought it was going to be. Agreed. Agreed. Um, uh, so this appealed yeah. to me much more than I had anticipated. Yeah, so well done, whoever you are, Ethan Sachs. It's a pretty, Ethan Sachs. Pretty good story. Good old Sachs. Good old Sachsy. Um, so I also read a bunch of other number ones that she nice. did not, but maybe there's some surprise ones that she did. Um, I did not read she just isn't. Deja Thoris. You know, I even picked this up because I've never read a Deja Thoris comic, and it's such a like staple of the tits covers <laughs> yeah, genre the, of comics the scantily clad sword bearing women yeah yeah yeah, yeah. comics uh, so this is written by amy chu and pasquale quilano on art ah, through dynamite so those 25 cent uh zero issues that dynamite put out mm-hmm. um and uh i got like four pages into it and it just is it's just really uninspiring yeah uh, yeah a lot of like you know it's like the john carter of mars universe i think is it right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a it's like it was, his girlfriend or it was something. a schnooze fest for me because i have no no tether to the character whatsoever nice but i did enjoy ninjack versus the valiant universe and that the, looks cool well feeling in a similar way to old man hawkeye like i was like oh i'm not going to enjoy this at all mm. um it's written by elliot rahal um and uh art by joe bennett and belladino bravo with colorists by the one and only ulysses Ariola. the um, best name of all time uh, and this ties into like a YouTube series that Valiant oh, did, um, which had like, you know, a pretty cool cast. There was like some ex-Power Rangers in the cast as like Ninjak or whatever. Um, and I was like, this isn't going to be good. Guess what? It's great. Oh, that's great. Um, it's just like a really, really fun romp through the Valiant universe uh, featuring a Ninjak who has to go rogue and uh, take them all down non-lethally. Why does he have to go rogue? Uh, because someone is threatening uh, the some people that are important to him and so he has to steal something ah, um yeah it's great yeah like, i'm not this doesn't have uh that many uh valiant characters that i'm not familiar with they had livewire who was in um mm-hmm. uh what's it what the secret weapons mm-hmm. um but uh it kind of sets up that uh in the next few issues we're going to see bloodshot archer and armstrong exo man of war and the eternal warrior try and take down um ninjack cool um yeah it was really really fun like it's like it's not like you know it's not that clever in any way, but it was just like a really fun action comic. Great. And you got to read those sometimes. Kind of all, all that I want. It was a way more fun action comic than Action Comics was this week. I'll tell you Ooh. that much. Um, and I also read uh, through IDW, uh, Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Um, this is the uh, series of one shots they're doing about the various um, women in the Star Wars universe throughout mm-hmm. time. Um, this one is about Rey. So it's uh, Star Wars Forces of Destiny, Rey. Uh, I was excited about this because it was written by Jody Hauser um, with art by Ariana Florian um, and colors by Adele Matera. Um, I loved the Leia issue that came out week bef- the week before mm-hmm. this one. Um, and so I had high expectations for this, especially because of Hauser on the writing. But Did Hauser write the last issue as well? No, oh. um, it was uh, it was written and in, in, uh, in brilliant, brilliant art by um, uh, Elsa Charitier. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't is, realize she wrote it, but great. Uh, she wrote it with someone called Periac Colonet. Um, and uh, Colonet, maybe, I don't know. Um, but this is just pretty much like it fills in like a small amount of time within the movie, within mm-hmm. Force Awakens, in which Ray and Ray finds BB 8. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was like, you know. One of those all ages comics that I got nothing out of as an adult, whereas right, yeah. the layer one I just I thought was just brilliant. Um, just a really really fun simple story, which again it, it filled a gap in Empire Strikes Back, but I think it filled in a gap from a period of time that we don't see within the movie, whereas yeah, yeah, this one yeah, yeah. does, and I think it just felt like pointless. It, this, this felt like a um, like a uh, animated short that got made using like shockwave flash. Nice. Um, and was like a browser animation that, that, that like they use as like additional material to like sell a makeup line based off of something within a movie. Wow. <laughs> it's very specific. That sounds kind of great. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, look, the art was the art was competent. The story was like you know, it was just 
I expect more from Hauser, basically. Yeah, I think I think the art matters hugely, especially in terms of all ages stuff. Yeah. When it's not quite the same level, it's a bit disappointing. 100%. So uh, next week is... Also, well, the next, so we're reviewing two of these next week in the next episode. Uh, Hera and... Who's Hera? From the Clone Wars. Oh. Um, and um, Ahsoka and Padme. Great. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the Rose and Page one from The Last Jedi. Cool. Uh, finally, my so favorite number one it. of the of the week um, was a Statics Press, which is the um, basically European reprint uh, uh, imprint that um, Titan Comics do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, by someone called Pau P A W P A U. It's created, written, and drawn by Pau. Uh, it's called Atlas and Axis. And I'm just going to give you a little skim through cute, of what cute. this is. That looks cute. Um, Atlas is a dog and Axis is also a dog. Great. And in this world of dogs, um, a bunch of other dogs or like foxes, I guess, are going around killing. It's like basically like a Viking book <sighs> featuring like dogs. Great. Um, and these wolves are like moving from, from like town to town on their boats and then just slaughtering all the men and kidnapping all the women and children. Wow. Um, and so Atlas and Axis are kind of like off fucking around and then they return to their town and everyone's dead. That's really and, heavy. And it looks sisters, like an all-ages book. Yeah. Their sister's uh, missing. But it's like an all-ages... It's a, it's a, a classic European, you know, yeah, yeah, trait yeah. of like this very, very cute, beautifully drawn, heavy shit. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I would put it in a, in a similar um, kind of mold as like a black sad book, for example. Yeah. Um, and or it looks uh, kind of Beasts of Burdeny or yes. um, Mouse Guard. Yeah, look, this is like like far away my favorite comic of the, of the week. Cool. One of those ones, oh, like, man. you know, extra big Bumped, issue. Um, and uh, was really, like, you know, it was this quite heavy story of, like, you know, revenge and mm-hmm. uh, and and loss. But also, like, they, they're they dogs, so, like, they smell each other's butts. Nice. And, like, he loves smelling this, this dog, this gold dog's butt and hopes she'll let him smell, uh, she'll let him smell his, her butt again. And they find, like, a poo. Like someone else, yeah. like, like like the wolves, big old big old turd at one point, and they both piss on it to, like, to mark their territory on their on, on the poo. Um, and I'm very uh, into it. Yeah, like so he had like these very silly moments like that within this you know quite sad story. The of these, beautiful. Oh man, it, the art is incredible, and apparently this has all been like uh, kickstarted. Or he has like a Patreon, oh, cool. um, Atlas and Access. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/paw, you can find out more about this book. Um, if you missed this issue, I loved this. This is something yeah. that I would highly recommend picking up the singles, but more importantly, waiting for that trade because this will be a very, very beautiful looking book when it's all collected. Great. Um, highly recommend it. I might leave this one for you to, uh, to read. Yes, please. When I finish. Oh, actually, no, you've got two more weeks to read. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll uh, hold it for a bit and give it to you as your reward for getting through the, the next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read this. Was this from this week? And did you read it? Is this a Let's real Let's just say it is. Comment? Sure. I didn't right. read it. No. Um, okay. Well, I read for some reason uh, X-Men Gold Annual Number 1, which was the 30th anniversary of Excalibur. Excalibur, the British Claremont team. created. Is it Claremont? I don't know. Yeah. But it's Captain Britain and those people. Prestige, Jean. Oh God, what's her fucking name? Rachel Gray was <laughs> in that, apparently. Anyway, this is basically like a whole comic about Captain Britain's had a baby uh-huh. with his wife, Megan. Because all superheroes have children now. Absolutely. And she, they've invited... Um, Nightcrawler, Kitty, and who else? Was it Storm? Oh, no, Rachel Gray. Over to meet the baby. And Mm -hmm. turns out the baby is, like, super smart. And it was actually, like, a really cute issue. It was really good fun. It was silly. Who wrote this one? This is written by Mark Guggenheim. All right, cool. And Leah Williams. Pencils by Aletha E. Martinez. Um, 
yeah, I thought this was really good fun. Really silly, just like a little one shot, and it ends with them being like, "Will you be the godparents of our baby?" And everyone's like, "Yes," and it ends with a group hug. How Great. many godparents is this baby gonna have? Three. Okay, that's all right, right? That's acceptable. That's reasonable. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty cute. That's nice. Thank you for reading two number ones. You're welcome. Um, let's play a game now called Roll the Dice for Marvel Image and DC. Great. Um, I just want to let everyone know a little bit forewarning. The biggest pile that I have this week is my other publishers' pile. It was yeah, a, same. A lot that came out this week. I've really, got like really one good stuff too. <laughs> uh, so let's roll the dice to find out what we talk about first. Um, if we roll a one to two, it is uh, Image. Three to four, it's Marvel. Five to six, it's DC. And first up, number three, so Marvel. Great. And uh, then number five, so DC, so Marvel, DC, Image, and then finally other publishers is how we're going to go. Uh, let's kick things off with Marvel. I'm going to find a book that we both read. Phoenix Resurrection, Jean Grey, issue number three, written by Matt Rosenberg, with um, art on this one by Joe Bennett, again, um, and Lorenzo Ruggiero on inks. So this is, written by this, this is drawn by the same guy who did um, the pencils on the Valiant uh, ah. Ninjak vs. the Valiant Universe book this week. There you go. I don't heaps love This is pencils. a dumb book. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is a dumb book, but it's got some funny moments, right? Yeah. The bit where Jean Grey is like, I need to get my car fixed. So she takes it to the mechanic, who is Mr. Mr. Patch. Mr. Patches? What's his name? Huh? Mr. Patch. Mr. Patch. Which is Wolverine's alter ego when he wears an eye patch. Oh, right, yeah, And then sure. he's like, Seems like he's trying to seduce her. Very funny. That okay. was pretty funny. Well, here's a part of this book that I like. I like Jean Grey stuck in this weird reality that she's trying to escape on the, from that occasionally bleeds into the regular Marvel Universe world. Yes. What I don't like is that there are three X-Men teams all around the world yeah. trying to find this weird, you know, occurrences of the, of the Phoenix. I just wish it was the Jean Grey stuff. Yeah. I don't, I'm, like... I liked the inclusion of Emma Frost. Sure. I mean, who doesn't love that? But I, I, there's just like, I don't know. What is, Emma, what is Emma Frost up to these days? Uh, morning Scott Summers, I guess. Nice. Drinking wine, sitting in a big chair, wearing a corset. Yeah, perfect. Classic. Classic Emma. What would you expect? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, this is like, it is, it is a means to an end. And I think that Rosenberg is doing a pretty capable job of it I think it's fine I think the art could be drastically better and if they had a consistent art team we would probably have a book that actually was something Mm -hmm. instead of this kind of nonsense but like at least we're starting to get a little bit of a like idea of what's going on like that's starting to make slightly more sense yeah I I do like that strong guy is a part of one of the teams and I like this design of beast yeah yeah sure Uh, (laughs) but I just I don't get it I don't get why you, they need to turn this into an event when it could have been quite a nice mini series that led to the return of that original Jean Grey. Absolutely, and you kind of think that like if it hadn't, like I don't really understand why it needs to be weekly. Yeah. Um, which just seems to really push them on the art end. In fact, this could have tied in so well to the Jean Grey series that yeah, Hopeless absolutely. was doing. They could have just co-written this as like a just you know issues mm-hmm. eleven to fifteen. Yep. Oh, well. Oh, well. Instead, we have to have all the other X-Men dragged into this, kicking and screaming. Oh, well. Oh, well. How many Wolverines? More than enough. Two. <laughs> um, so, uh, I also read The Punisher this same, week. Same, did you read same, The same Punisher? Um, uh, uh, it's another <laughs> one by, written by Matt Rosenberg with art by uh, Gyu Villanova and colors by Lee Lurridge. Um, this is a heavy-handed book, and it's funny saying yeah. that about a Punisher book because they all are, but this is like him kind of just like killing people in Europe because war is bad. But he's 
he is like a one man war. I don't. Yeah, I think this is super heavy handed. Like the Punisher going through and like releasing people from concentration camps. I think is like m- mega eye roll. And I liked what Becky Cloonan was doing more. I think with the character. I think I like like I think the best Punisher issues. You know that one? I think it was like a Jim Lee one where he's like just the supermarket and then shit goes down and he has to like be a vigilante in the supermarket. Oh, yeah, so great. That's like the best issue of Punisher of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I know what you mean. Don't it's talk like, to me about like, that. It's like you put him in a, in, a, in a weird scenario. You have him facing off against either like, you know, nameless kind of, yeah. you know, soldiers or yeah. terrorists or whatever or or you have him against like you know a, a bigger than yeah you know I, a, a I slightly bigger like than usual kind of street bad level. guy street level i agree but this is like i mean look putting him in the war machine um, armor is a fun idea i think it's taking him to a war-torn european third world country yeah that's like maybe made this not as good as it should be agreed um like if it was, if was, it was him having to infiltrate an army base in the war machine, out, mm-hmm. like him and him having to use like non-lethal rounds or something like that mm-hmm. to fight American soldiers, that's mm-hmm. more appealing. Absolutely. Don't have him being like this bizarre savior of this non-existent yes. European place. Icky. Icky is the vibe of that one, I think. Um, hey, we talk about it in in a, in a positive light all the time and I think we need some positivity right Yay. now. Run, Runaways by Ray Bear Ryle, Chris Anker, Matthew Wilson. Issue number five. Her name is really Rainbow Row. Have we talked about that before? I mean, it's I'm, just, I'm, she's she seems like a delight. I know nothing about her, but she seems like a ray of sunshine. I'm very into it. What? So you think her name should be Ray instead? Yes, I think Ray her name Rao. should be Ray of Sunshine, Rainbow Row. Everybody loves Ray Row. Anyway, um, this is great. This is I'm probably my favorite Marvel book right now. Yeah. Um, it's like it's, it's 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 it reminds me of what makes Thor so great. It's very much its own story. Mm-hmm. That's going so big and incorporating mm-hmm. so many characters and ideas. It looks unbelievable. Like, you know, Anchor, Chris Anchor is, you know, probably on par with um, Russell Dorderman. They even, you know, they Absolutely. both love drawing hunky chests. They love it. And everyone just looks beautiful in their books. And does Matthew Wilson do the colors on Thor at the moment as well? Because either way, Possibly. there's like, like the, the, everyone looks gorgeous. Yeah. This is beautifully coloured. It looks incredible. Everyone looks gorgeous, but not conventionally so all the time as well, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. cool. And and the outfits are great. Like yep. you, you know, issue to issue, all the all the characters are wearing different outfits. Not Molly has so shit. many silly hats. Yes, totally. Um, Chase is a beautiful man. Um, I agree. And uh, Carolina is is gorgeous too. Like yep. I mean, a, a great great hairstyles as well as um. That's the best. And what I love about this uh, <laughs> this book is just like you know how. They're 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 not best friends yet. They're all mm. so so damaged from like you know what being a out, on the outskirts of the superhero community will do mm-hmm. to you, um, and also being you know a runaway from their parents who are now all dead, um, mm-hmm. and like you know pulling Gert back from out of time, and it's it's fucked all of them up. And yep. I like that it's going to be a long ro- road for them to accept each other as friends again. Absolutely, and they're all all of them are so scared to be the make the first step before someone else does i don't know this book just has like like it has every character has a nice moment in this book mm-hmm. there is so much that happens in this issue there are like really light-hearted fun moments as well as like real moments of teen angst everyone's flawed i yeah there's i can't say enough good things about this book i really love it totally and it's so much like you know like this is the first time we see them face off against a threat yeah and the threat is quite an amusing one, mm-hmm. which just shows that this book is more about their relationships. And it's still, it's not quite a them versus the world narrative yet, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's definitely heading in that direction, but like them, them 
them finding friendship again is, is such a great drive Absolutely. for the story. I love this book. It's so good, guys. Pick it up. Pick it up. Uh, I'm sure that the first trade must be out very soon. Yep. Um, Avengers started their big. Um... I didn't read that. Oh wow! Because so I'm funny. an idiot. I don't know what. No, I, I mean, you're not really. It. You're not really an idiot. It's kind of yeah. this, this book is an idiot, if anything. Uh, so there's a, now a weekly Avengers book, um, oh, and uh, it's been written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub with uh, kind of rotating artists. Uh, the good thing about this is that it's the um, the creative teams who are working on all the Avengers books before they folded into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're seeing the coming together of um, the new Avengers. Uh, the US and slash new US Avengers, you're, you're seeing the Avengers and you're seeing the Uncanny Avengers right. all together with the respective uh, creative teams kind of doing different art duties issue to issue and then it's all being co-written by Wade, Ewing and Zub. Um, what is boring about this is that that's way too many characters. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like another big world-threatening event. Um, looks like someone gets, uh, you know, the, 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 the character that gets taken out in the first issue is Jarvis. Um He's not quite He's eyes, dead guys. yet. I just like, I, I don't, who cares about Jarvis? Is, am, am I losing listeners by saying that? No. Because. No, I don't think anyone cares about Jarvis, do they? Like, I, I think making him the AI, the, like, you know, the, mm. the unit inside Tony Stark's mm-hmm. um, head in, in the movies, in his butt. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, was like one of the smartest moves the MCU did. And it's one of the ones, you know, everyone complains about synchronicity between you know when when the comics start mirroring the movies but mm. i just kind of wish that would happen yeah he's just super unnecessary and then being like oh no jarvis might be killed the like, avengers is butler and it's like yeah. why do the avengers have a butler that's dumb it's dumb just build a robot butler yes like no then they take over the world oh. haven't we learned anything from ultron but we'll make he was just supposed to get tea make vision create family who can be the butlers that's very complicated all anyway, right. continue having this just kill old, this, kill old this man, butler. eternal old man. Like the only butler in comics that's okay is Alfred. Yeah, like, I'm against butlers. I absolutely, I agree. <laughs> Anti butler. Um, anyway, um, like Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Avengers had a Gerard Butler? I think that's way better. And he just reluctantly like makes them breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like I have to go make another really substandard romantic comedy, guys. It's gonna be out for a couple of weeks. Um, and I can't even remember what happens in this. There's some world-threatening threat that happens, and then there's like a bunch of the Avengers like freeze, and they're like just like 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 Spider-Man is frozen, and Black oh, Panther no. is frozen, and the champions are frozen. Oh no! And then it's up to this ragtag bunch of. Falcon and Hercules and um, and Rogue. I don't know. There's a bunch of them. All of them. They're all going to assemble. And um, <laughs> Do they assemble? Well, then this woman who was like in the statues of the Marvel Legacy one shot. Yep, yep, she yep. shows up and apparently her name is like Valerie. Mm. Something that starts with V. Val- uh, Victory Valerie. I don't know. She's supposed Victory to be Val. Valerie. Uh, potentially it's Val Richards. I don't know who it is. And well, I guess we'll find out week to week. Don't care. Um, but um, what is cool is that it kind of brings in um, this character that I don't, I've never heard of, Miguel Santos, who used to call himself Lightning. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, he gets brought in as, a, as an Avenger because they need all the Avengers that they can get. Right. I don't know. His he, kind of like narrative in this issue is kind of like the strongest part of the issue. That's cool. Anyway, anyway, uh, I'll keep reading this just because it is fun reading a dumb event, um, but this certainly is one. Nice. 
Um, and I reckon you could just start picking up the next issue and just start reading it and you'd be yeah. fine. Um, also, lenticular covers, they're dumb. They're dumb. They're dumb. Despicable Deadpool. Um, I read this. Yeah, cool. That's great. Um, Bucket List, part one, uh, written by Jerry Duggan with art by Matteo Lolly and colors by Ruth Redmond. Now, I've been trying to get you to read Deadpool for a while. Yeah. What, uh, what enticed you to, to read this one? Uh, start of a new arc. I yep. was like, might as well. Yeah, cool. Um, so, uh, Deadpool has been given a list of people that he needs to kill so Strife doesn't kill his Deadpool's family. Cool. Um, Who's Deadpool's family? Uh, Deadpool has a daughter. Okay. <laughs> um, and because uh, all superheroes have Children kids now. now. Absolutely. Um, legacy. Legacy, exactly. Um, and so, this sees uh, Deadpool like quite brutally take down someone that used to date Cable at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we see him agree to take down someone else. Oh, yeah. He has a, the best part of this issue is he tracks down Steve-el. Yep. Um, Steve Rogers, uh, the evil, evil Steve. Nazi version that was in Secret Empire. And he blames... Just puts a snake on him. Yeah. He, he blames everything bad that's happened to him uh, on, on Steve-el. And I, I think I actually quite enjoyed... Mm. Um, his interactions with this character that I would happily never see again. Absolutely. But uh, it, 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 he works in this, you know, d- he was the one that, that told Deadpool to kill um, the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson. Um, and so that's, and now, you know, Deadpool is not, uh, he's, he's kind of, you know, back to his old bad ways. He's not back a hero anymore. Back on his anymore. bullshit. And uh, this, the end of this issue sees Rogue. Uh, basically, she's agreed to track him down and, and take him down. There was some, like, I really enjoyed the balance of, like, funny moments with, like, seri- like, <laughs> like quite serious, like, mm. pathosy moments. And then also, like, the reminders that Deadpool isn't a good guy or a bad guy. He's totally. Just a guy. Exactly. I think, and, and that's what, even, like, when he was a hero, that was, like, a big part of what people loved about Duggan's Deadpool run. Yeah. It's I also really enjoyed him um, communicating with Strife through a laptop in a apple store yes that made me laugh yeah and then there are lots of funny moments yeah it's not just like him making fucking jokes about his shaft and pubes <laughs> there's no in- pubes jokes in this um, very disappointing <laughs> more pubes everyone that um, was good so i am a little bit behind on unbeatable squirrel girl but i started uh, i read the first issue of this arc and uh the issue number 28 is the mm-hmm. second issue of this mm-hmm. arc which is called the what's it called the something nut planet the forbidden yep. planet Yes. Um, and it's the first issue leading into this was so funny um, about basically like these squirrels have kind of like taken over, but created this weird world for Nancy and Tippy Toe to live in, mm-hmm. uh, in which they, every, like, you know, Squirrel Girl and all the characters within Squirrel Girl's universe are just basically asking them how Squirrel Girl took down Galactus. Yep. And uh, I don't and know it where it turns out it's because there were some uh, space grifters dressed as the Silver Surfer trying to scam them out of some money. And then this issue has, like, uh, Squirrel Girl and Loki go up against Dormammu. And oh, then wow. there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. Like, it is always great. It is continues to be excellent. Yep. Good job, team. Ryan North, Very Erica Henderson, jokes. Rico Renzi doing the best work they ever can. They absolutely At can. all times. It's I so funny, it. guys. It's so good. I love forcing that book on people. Um, Daredevil this week, issue number 597. Um, so... You did not like the arc in which um, Wilson Fisk was made the mayor of New York City. Yep. Because of the, the Trump uh, comparisons. Yep. Um, well, would it make you laugh greatly if uh, I told you that his deputy, who his deputy mayor is? 
Is it Trump? It's Matt Murdock. Mur- oh. It's Gerard Butler. It's Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> no, Why but- is he his deputy mayor? So basically... Also, we'll- oh, God. I just can't deal with the like, everyone knows he's daredevil. Now no one knows he's daredevil. So no one knows he's daredevil. Why? Because- so Fisk doesn't know he's daredevil. No. Okay. No one knows he's daredevil. Um, and Fisk so- is an idiot. But Fisk has had problems with Matt Murdock anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so his idea is by keeping his enemies closer as close as possible mm-hmm. he's gonna he's basically given keep him in his pocket well, yeah exactly he's given um uh he's not not just in his pocket but he's also just giving him shitty busy work okay. to keep himself occupied basically he's had he's got all these like you know books upon books of law that he's got someone reading out to matt murdoch because matt murdoch's blind and his books aren't available in braille so that's right. in with the idea that he won't be able to stop fisk from achieving what he needs to achieve to make new york a better place um I think Charles Soule is doing great work with this now because he's basically made Murdoch and Daredevil two separate characters because they can't mm. exist. You can, he can't let them let the he, he interacts with the same characters but completely differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's actually quite like you know it's definitely has been done before, but it's it's really really fun. That sounds moment. much more appealing to me. Um, this and, sounds way more fun. Um, and Sol, Charles Soule did great work when he was doing a lot of the Inhuman stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, we're some of the few people in the world that will say that. I, I, I quite enjoyed all the Inhuman stuff that Charles Soule did. Um, and uh, this actually sees uh, brought back into brought into Daredevil um, the one of the better characters from the Inhumans is Frank McGee, the oh, guy, yeah, 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 yeah. the kind of like officer mm-hmm. kind of guy who can he can freeze people with like massive blasts of light from his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's kind of he he calls in a favor to Daredevil to help bring down. Uh, someone called Muse, uh, an inhuman called Muse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's cool, kind of seeing uh, uh, Soul work with the Inhumans characters again, and, and also like back in his sort of sweet spot of doing legal dramas. Yes, one hundred percent, really is. Do you reckon I could jump on that with that issue, or is it worthwhile yeah. going back? I mean, that's the beauty of I think all Marvel comics, you know, give or take. You know, you couldn't you couldn't jump in on Runaways, yeah. but I think like the straight up superhero comics, like even bad Marvel comics, I find easy to read. That I mm. that I I think that's why I'm way less prone to dropping them. Whereas a DC comic, I'll just be like, I'm fucking lost. I don't care. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like actually, I angrily drop DC comics. Whereas <laughs> with Marvel comics, I'm like, okay, that's got to be the last one, and yeah. then I still pick up it again next week. Um, so yeah, it's, in short, Marvel are better pr- at putting out bad comics than DC. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, speaking of, I read X Men Blue issue nineteen. Mm-hmm. I think that was from this week. Written by everyone's favorite Cullen Bunn and pencils. Everyone's favorite Cullen Bunn. Everyone's Cullen favorite Bunn. Cullen Bunn. Um, pencils by Arby Silver, and this is still the like original X Men team being weirdly like shunted through time for Oof. some reason, and then they come up against. Uh, another team of X-Men that look like the original X-Men, but then it turns out... Do you remember in... I think it was like Battle of the Atom? Yeah, that there was, was the worst this, like, event ever. future X-Men team that was like... Yep. And I really liked the I, the concept of this, that team, and it never really became like Jubilee's cool. kid is like the leader? Okay. No, maybe not. No, there's like Charles Xavier II, Bruiser, which is Molly from Runaways growing up. That's right. Ray's, who is... Wolverine and Mystique's son, original Beast, Old Man Deadpool, and Zorn, who's actually Jean Grey. That's right. Which is like great as a concept, but then an never... ice thing. Ice thing, yes. <laughs> um, great as a concept, right. but they never really did anything with them. So I'm kind of like, ooh, I'll read the next issue of this. But I think they're just wrapping up the original X Men disappearing forever or something. Right. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, 
Yeah, I think what I liked about Age of Ultron that mm-hmm. Bendis wrote was that, like, even though it was the worst, <laughs> like one of the worst like events. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it was like, hey, guys, we can't time travel anymore. Mm. And then he undid it immediately by doing yeah. Battle of the Atom, which featured, like, all these time-traveling X-teams. Classic. But I, I kind of, I love, I would love a fucking, un- until the Fantastic Four get back. Like, let them time travel all they want. Yeah. Stop letting everyone else time travel. Yes. Especially the X-Men. Yes, agreed. Or change the time travel rules so that it, like... Doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Last Marvel book for the week is uh, Star Wars: Darth Vader, another Charles Soule joint uh, with art by Giuseppe Comencoli, who is just doing such good work on this book. And it, like, you know, in such contrast to all the photo Mm. referential like bullshit, like his facial work on this is so great. Um, And I really, I like the colors. Yeah, um, and so like the the inks or something. There's every, a lot yeah. of depth. Inks by Danielle um, or Orlandini, and uh, colors by David Curiel. It's a great team. It's a great story. Where like you know this is in between episode three and episode four, um, so it's still like you're just more of the same. Like a very powerful Darth Vader who's trying to figure out who he is and impress the Emperor. Like there's not really that much difference between this this era and then in between. Um, episode four and five, which is what the other Star Wars comics are kind of filling right. in the gaps of, but it's still really, really fun stories. We saw you basically just see how cold, cold blooded Darth Vader is as a character, and that's, that's cool. always interesting. Um, even though, like you know, he kills characters off before they matter for future plots, which is frustrating in a way, but also mm. like it kind of just it suits, suits his character, and who cares about it? it's not called it's not called Star Wars whatever the fucking character he just killed. That's it's called true. Star Wars Darth Vader. So as long as he's still in it and killing people, it's good. Good Correct. book. Definitely my favorite Star Wars comic uh, since, I don't know, the high point of Aaron's Star Wars run or maybe even Lando. That was a good one. Hmm. Uh, so this is all the Marvel books. Now we said we're going to do DC. Um, Great. Yeah, this was my DC pile. I don't know why. It just took me, like it took me three nights to read Action Comics <laughs> issue number 995. I've never like wanted to read a comic that had Booster Gold on the cover less. Did you read it? No. Yeah, I right. never got to it. Yeah. I tried a couple of times. I don't know. This is written by Dan Jurgens. I've, you know, I've loved this run up and down. Yeah. Uh, Pencils by Brett Booth, which could have... Uh, that, maybe that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's why I couldn't quite crack it. Um, but uh, yeah, so this sees basically like Superman and... You know what it is? It's, it's random time traveling where they don't control it. They just, oh, now we're in this era. And then you have a one shot in this era, which is basically him returning to the time that he escaped from, Booster Gold. And he gets put in a cell with with his dumb father. And Superman's like, Booster Gold's a criminal. I'm not going to help Booster Gold. What? And it's like, that's, you know, like... That's not Superman. He has more nuance than that. Yeah. And uh, it just is... It was just a real boring issue. And then it doesn't even like... Then it ends with them propelled into a time in which Zod is like... The Emperor. Oh, I just can't even like stop using Zod and everything. Energy yeah. to care about that. Dum 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 dum. Like the Zod is the reason I'm not reading Green Lanterns at the moment because he's like the main thread in that again. It's just like they, Zod's in everything at the no moment. No one cares. Less Zod. Why do we like Zod? Uh, so yeah, I don't know this. This I'm, I'm sticking with Action Comics because we're so close to a thousand. I just want to get to a thousand. Not that I've read all thousand issues of no. Action Comics, but I want to be there. The road to a thousand, baby. Let's do I'll it. I'll read. I'll read one thousand. Yeah, that's probably the smarter, the smarter route to take. <laughs> Um, but there were some genuinely good um, uh, yes, DC books this absolutely. week um, and some surprises. Um, but uh, let's talk about Suicide Squad because I saw it in your pile. I did read it because um, I, I couldn't say no to that cover. Well, it's a uh, it's a rendition of the original Suicide Squad number one, mm-hmm. where Ostrander and 
I think actually it was it's, it's at Howard Chaykin cover mm, originally, yep. um, and uh, basically it, you know it yeah, has so the, after Chaykin. The um, oh shit, there you go. Um, you have uh, eight eight members of Suicide Squad, and then it says like these eight people will put their lives on a, on the line for our country. One of them won't be coming home. Um, and uh, then there is a speech bubble which did not exist on the original, featuring a character that we've never seen before, saying it's me, isn't it? Because um, that was the whole thing. Like you know that 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 first team Suicide Squad team. They, they they kill off Slipknot, mm-hmm. who is great with ropes. That's, yes. like, that's, his, like, that's his kind of power set. Um, they kill him off very quickly by blo- detonating the bomb in his head. Nice. Um, and uh, in this one, we're introduced to someone called Juan Soria, who has, uh, after an accident, is able to unlock any lock. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can also see things before they happen. Or is that just him being able to see that he's going to die because he's expendable basically yeah i think he's just realizes that his his gimmick isn't good enough and that he's going to get left behind this uh, so is this the first issue that size barrier is written well so yeah we were both drawn to it because of the cover but then learning that it was written by size barrier was very very exciting absolutely this felt tonally to me the most like a classic suicide squad i I really enjoyed it yeah definitely. i think that a lot of people struggle to write harley quinn in a way that is good i don't think size barrier necessarily Stuck that landing, but um, this was good fun. He used her sparingly enough that it isn't too annoying. Yes, absolutely. but it is genuinely annoying every time she's in this yeah, comic. I know. So who no, who is good at writing her? Um, well, let's, let's, get, let's get back to that. TBD. Um, art in this one is by Fernando Passan with um, inks by Declare Albert and colors by Blonde. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, this basically just. Is the life of uh, an expendable supervillain who is put on a, on a Suicide Squad team and knows that he's going to die, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it gets pretty gruesome uh, throughout this as we mm-hmm. see other various other expendable soldiers and villains taken out quite easily, um, and the other the, the you know the core members of the Suicide Squad team kind of just laughing at 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 all the expendable ones. I liked it. It was just, it was a yeah. grim and kind of very mean spirited issue, but it was fun. Absolutely. Really enjoyable. Yeah. More uh, of that, and, please. and to be continued. So we will be reading, God, it comes out today. Uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad issue number 34. Is it coming out every two weeks? Yep. Why? A lot of these DC books do. Oh, that's why I think that's, that's why much. I'm more prone to dropping them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I dropped um, The Flash a while ago and now I'm right back on board. This oh, is really? an incredible arc. Oh, man. Um, uh, it's with art by, sorry, Joshua Williamson wrote this one with art by Scott Collins, who did so much great Flash stuff. Yeah. Um, with, ah. with Jeff Johns back in the day, particularly a, a, a great arc about the rogues with mm-hmm. an excellent cold, um, Captain Cold issue. And so Scott Collins is back on the flash for this arc, which is all about um, the rogues who have taken over a jail um, and uh, kind of like living their the best life they can live because everyone thinks they're in prison, but really they're running the prison from below. Um, and uh, this sees the redemption of... Um, he called himself Godspeed, but he was the uh, at, the, at uh-huh. the start of the Rebirth arc, and I really that was, that was like the strongest this book has been. Um, he got the Speed Force. He was like a, another. Um, he was a cop. A cop alongside Barry Barry's Allen, bud. and uh, yeah, when when he got the Speed Force, he used it to kill villains instead of yep. the code of not killing anybody. Um, so he's in he's in prison, but even though he you know this this issue still ends with him still in prison, he's redeemed himself somewhat, if not in in front of, in Barry's eyes, in front of his own. Great. Um, I really, really enjoyed this arc. I, I don't love it when the rogues go full evil and kill people, mm-hmm. um, but you know, 
they're, they're, they're rogues they're, they're evil for a reason um, and uh, this had some great Captain Cold moments uh, and great rogue moments in general um, so yeah this is a really really enjoyable arc and I'm, I'm right back on The Flash for anyone who cares cool um, and this wasn't the best Scott Collins there was some really really shitty work uh, especially when he draws um, Iris at the end there but um, when he's drawing them in costume everyone looks great so uh, if you've missed, missed Scott Collins he's not as good as he used to be but he's still pretty damn good when he's doing action stuff yeah cool uh, speaking of books I've dropped, you've got a bunch of them. Nice. I read Titans for some reason. What is going on with it? Who's, who's, who's doing this book now? Uh, so it's written by... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Dan Abnett with yep. uh, pencils by Paul Pel- Pelletier. I like his art. That was great. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty like classic DC style. Um, and I picked this up because it said the trial of Donna Troy on the cover. Um, Donna has not been missing, has she? She she's been in this book from the start, but I don't know. Like I haven't really been reading it, so she did something bad or something happened. She was uh, like inhabited by someone was controlling her, a ghost. Something happened, and there was bad. And now the league are like, we're shutting the Titans down. (laughs) Um, And the Titans like, you can't do that to us. We're not your, we're not children or something. (laughs) Anyway, that's about it. Is it it good? I think I would be hard pressed to say it was good, but it was fine. Okay, it was fine. The end. It was fine. Great, another fine book. Yep. Um, so I uh, I read uh, New Superman this week, issue number nineteen. Same. What a great book! What a great book, um, you guys. This one had a uh, a Philian writer um, by way of Mariko Tamaki, um, who we love. I um, think she nailed it. And so this is a, a one shot um, about Lainey Lan, who is the uh, reporter who knows more about the world of uh, the, Chinese, the Chinese Justice League than uh, New Superman does himself. Um, and this featured art by Brett Peoples. 
um, Brent Peoples with inks by Richard Friend and colors by Hi-Fi. And I thought this is just a really competent little one-shot expanding the world of New Superman. Mm-hmm. We're just about to have a semi-relaunch of this book, which is now going to be called New Superman and the Justice League of China. Um, but really, it's just like, you know, a natural growth of what this book has kind of been leading to. Um, and I thought this is a great issue to have before that happens. Yep. Really enjoyable. Um, yeah. This is a great book. I mean, it's one of the unsung heroes of the DC lineup, I think. I agree. Absolutely. It's got, um, they've really built up a great universe and there's a lot of fun with these characters. Red Hood and the Outlaws, issue number 18. I'll just talk about quickly. Um, I think I missed a bunch of issues because I, I'm not enjoying Bizarro is a genius now. Um, and he, that, which means he just wears glasses. <laughs> cool. Um, and Does he, ha- he still talk backwards? No. Um, oh. But there, there's like this little weird Superman doll that only he can see that talks to him. So he is still going crazy. Um, oh, pros about this issue is the Creeper is in it. I feel exhausted by this. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's enough going on. That it, it, this was once a, like a really, really great um, uh, un- underrated book. But um, I don't love what's going on with Bizarro now. But it looks like... He's about to do something stupid and evil and jump in, jump in a bunch of kryptonite. Great. Synthetic kryptonite. So who knows what the fuck is going to happen to him. But um, hopefully it means he won't be a genius anymore because I liked him better when he was like this like... A big dumb guy. Yeah. I love big dumb guys. Same. Uh, I read Wonder Woman issue 38, mm-hmm. Swan Song part one. And you know what I think is an unappealing element of DC Rebirth? A swan singing a song. Swans singing songs. No. Um, just retelling uh, old story arcs. Right. So there is a Wonder Woman villain, I feel like from like the 90s. I can't think of exactly when, but her name is Silver Swan, I believe. And she was like Wonder Woman's best friend, Wonder Woman's biggest fan. Got in an accident, lost the use of her legs, went crazy, now has wings or something. And they just basically retell this through her perspective. Um, James Robinson does a okay job um i really do like the art from Iman- Emanuela lupacino and ray mccarthy on inks um but uh, i don't really like james robinson's voice for diana i don't think he's nailed it and this ongoing arc where like her twin brother jason is like turning her sweet beach house into a party house and is like <laughs> i just want to party i've never been on the mainland i was a sea captain this whole time or whatever anyway it's pretty silly yeah i'm glad i dropped this it's not great. But I'm, glad, not I'm great. glad you're still reading it so I can not feel regret every time you uh I will continue talk to about, read it. Talking about. <laughs> Detective Comics this week, issue number 972, uh, written by James Tinian IV, uh, with uh, art by someone. We'll get to him. Uh, but this Good issue, art, though. This, yeah, really great art. This issue is all about Clayface going full evil. He's been, he's been driven to evil. Um, art by Miguel Mendoncha. Mendoncha? Hmm. Men, don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? I think Betty gets it a lot. Diana Agea on inks and uh, Jason Wright on colors. Um, and uh, like, if they if they want to get to the point where Gotham City finally disavows Batman and this big team of Bat people that he's assembled, like, just get to it. I'm sick of every arc being like, well, actually, Batman shouldn't have a team of Bat people. Um, mm-hmm. And that's this is why. And like, I feel like every single character that's not in the team is against the team, and yep. every arc is about them trying to prove to Gotham that the team is not good by yep. like doing a bunch of shit things to all the members on the team. I don't know. And then it's also still like um, this victim society thing. And why is victim that guy society. always just bleeding? Yeah, just covered in blood. It's I can't, I can't remember what happened to him. And yeah. anarchy. Yeah. Boring. Boring. Look, boring. 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 I I I I know the Clayface going evil again. 
arc was inevitable. I just uh, I, I hope he doesn't undo all the good work he's done as a as a as a good guy because I enjoy him being a good guy. He's, he's another big dumb guy. We love big dumb guys. I love a big dumb guy, and I liked his ongoing relationship with Cass, friendship with Cass. Yep. Yep. Gerard Butler, another big dumb guy. I love. I love Gerard Butler. He should be in this book. He should be. Then Gotham would be really on board with uh, the, the team of Bat People. I agree. Um, so uh, Siobhan is busily texting someone important sorry, in her I'm life. Sorry, I'm no, sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about Mr. Great, Miracle. Great, great, Excellent. Because you didn't read it this I week. I did not read it. Is this just where we're moving from this point? I don't know. I, I, like, I just left it to the bottom of my pile for ages because I was like, Ugh, I know it's going to make me like sad or something. And then I'm going to have to try and justify why I don't like Tom King. And even though I know it's technically good or whatever you know what i think i'm just gonna i, I, I keep i keep trying you would have to like, been the most on board with this issue i think yeah i keep trying to figure out why what it is about tom king's like current vibe that he's doing that is not appealing to me and i think that there's something about the way that like i think that people who are really clever use the genre of superhero comics to say things whereas he's just saying it and putting superheroes on top of it Right. Putting a mask on top of it and going like, yeah, that's superhero. What, what do you think he's saying with the series? Um, war is bad. PTSD is a thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I get that from this. I think this is like a, a much uh, also about like how, why it's so important to have someone important in your life. Yep, true. True, okay. true, true. true. Um, so uh, this issue is uh, Big Barter and Mr. Miracle fighting their way. Um, through to Orion, where they plan to to kill him before he kills Mister Miracle, and so it's him them like kind of like making their way through like this ridiculous amount of um, defenses that he's set up for them to get through. They're fighting their way through monsters, through guards, through traps, mm-hmm. through all kinds of shit. It's brilliantly drawn, like art wise. This is my favorite issue. Um, really, really cool art by Mitch Garrett. There's some really fun um, use of like uh, uh, like space and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and. Uh, all the while, while they're um, while they're fighting their way through um, through to Orion, um, Butter and, and Mister Miracle aren't talking about the battle at all. They're just doing that like it's second nature to them. The whole time, all they're doing is talking about uh, renovating their house and and like uh, right, right, right. divvying up their living space in a more efficient way and um, and getting rid of stuff and and like you know it's just real mundane couple stuff. But it's really amusing the juxtaposition of them having quite an in-depth discussion about that as they kill enormous beasts and, and narrowly avoid death traps again and again and again without really batting an eyelid. Um, and then when they get to Orion, there is a big surprise, which I won't spoil for you. Um, Great. But uh, that's when you get the uh, emotional punch. But it's only over two pages this time instead of an entire issue. So I thought maybe you would have appreciated that. Mm, maybe. I really we'll like never know. No, you've got it. I reckon you should read it. All right, all right. Um, be- before you pick up t- the rest of the comics you have to read today. Did you not read Michael Cray issue number four? No, I didn't. Guys, I'm all over the place. I didn't even realize that came out. This is uh, this is what the, the book that I read when I was like, oh, I'm so sick of comics. I can't read comics while I'm on holiday. This sucks. And I was like, I oh, know, I'll read Michael Cray. And I was like, oh, no, I love comics. Comics are great. Uh, Michael Cray is a tie-in book to the Wildstorm books that um, Warren Ellis is uh, doing at the moment for DC. It's been written by Brian Hill, um, who this week on uh, on Twitter um, gave a really great theory about uh, he wants Ray to be the one to choose the dark side in, in Star Wars. I not still Kylo haven't Ren. seen um, Thingy. But yeah, check out Brian, Brian Hill's Twitter if you no want to read, read a fun it. little theory. Um, and uh, art by M. Stephen Harris. 
um, with Dexter Vines and uh, Diablo Kelly. Um, and this book is basically about Michael Cray, um, who is uh, an ex, uh, you know, kind of government agent who has these weird powers that he can't come, he can't work out what they are, but they're very, very destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's him being forced to assemble a team to take down uh, different superpowered individuals in the Wildstorm universe, except all these individuals are the counterparts of the most beloved heroes in the DC universe. So we saw him take down Green Arrow. That was um, a great issue. And this issue sees him um, go head to head against Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Barry Allen is a much different version to what we know and love him for. I um, mean, he's actually someone who uses his speed force to, to, to kill people. Oh, no, um, Barry. And so he, Michael Cray has been tasked with taking him down. Um, and uh, it's a really, really interesting... Is that a different artist? No, I think it's the same one. Oh, well, it looks great. Maybe. Yeah, there, there are parts of sloppiness, but it kind of works. I don't know. Mm. Uh, his faces are a bit mongy sometimes. Mm. But uh, yeah, it, it really works sometimes and other times it doesn't. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like the next uh, next villain, what is the next the next part he's going to take down is a, a real-life Aquaman. <gasps> cool. He's a literal <laughs> under, under-the-water man-eating monster. He got spikes. Yeah, looks really fun. I love this book. I think it's really, really cool. It's so silly and it's so good fun. It's a great addition to the Wildstorm stuff and also just a great fun way to kind of navigate a different DC universe. Absolutely. Those Agreed. are our DC books for the week. Woo. Image is where we go next. And you've read one Image book. And I know. It's, not, it's like the only one I didn't read this week. Yeah, cool. Well, I read Witchblade. I have, I have eight. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Um, there were like there were a bunch that I just didn't get to. And then also ones that I picked up. And Oh, wait, no. That's a, that's a boom. I read six. Um, didn't realize. Six. I got the wrong issues of a bunch of stuff because I'm dumb. But uh, I read Witchblade issue two written by Caitlin Kittredge. Oh, I'm just going to check out. Uh, art by Roberta Ingranata. Colors by Brian Valenza. And I think this is probably the first time that Witchblade has had an all-female, mm. almost all-female um, creative team, which is pretty good fun. And so this is about Witchblade, Alex, whatever her name is, um, coming to terms with her powers and dealing with like scary shit that's happening around her i actually really like it i think it's good great i'm surprised that i like a witchblade comic but i think it's like a great um sort of police procedural plus magic powers at the moment it's good good sure fun. cool i'm into it um i read sleepless issue number two written by sarah vaughan oh, with art by Layla so... del duca i was so excited about this and then i got home and i realized i picked up issue one again colors by Alyssa dumb. sala um and this is about uh like a kind of uh somewhat of a fantasy book um, in which um, the, a, a princess um, has uh, the, everyone in the royal family has appointed someone who never sleeps to guard them mm-hmm. um, and so that is what the sleepless refers to um, and uh, in this issue we saw um, the main sleepless guy who is appointed to the kind of star of this comic the princess kind of talk to other sleepless people in the kingdom oh, cool. um, and they're like you know how long has it been since you last slept and they're like you know a few years blah 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 he's like oh you come to you know are you starting to see weird visions and he's like no 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 so like obviously all sleepless Agents, I guess, go mad at some mm. point. You got to um, assume. But then it's kind of expanded uh, her relationship with her mother, who was in a different kingdom, and um, she was expecting to come visit her, but she's instead sent people to come visit and told her that she has to stay away from. The, so basically, the, the star of this comic desperately wants to leave the kingdom she's she's been appointed to mm-hmm. and can't. Mm. And yeah, it's a it's a really really different. It's a it's a slower book mm-hmm. that um what i'm used to from like a, an image kind of you know sword and sand not sword and sand i was sort of like you know royal romp mm-hmm. um but uh i'm really really enjoying it it's a great world the art and colors are excellent and so well matched to the story um and uh, so beautiful yeah and it's, it's so fun to see like uh, so many genres that we don't necessarily see a huge amount of time 
uh, in comics coming through and like current image stuff. Yeah, I mean, like I, I keep expecting like a massive supernatural threat to mm. befall the kingdom, but I, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping this is going to be like quite a straight kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously there are, there are a few quirks th- within it, but I, I but I, mostly like a sort of almost historical fiction, the yes, romancey thing. Definitely great. Yeah, really, really enjoying it. That's all I want. Real cool. Do you not read Royal City this week? No. Royal <sighs> City issue number nine, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Um, we I'm are having the worst time, guys. I think, we, I think we're like one. I read Witchblade and I didn't read Royal City. <laughs> We've got one issue left of this extremely saddening um, mm. arc uh, of the last week of Tommy um, from the family's uh, life. Um, and Tommy, of course, is the character that various characters within Royal City uh, see in ghost form, but throughout different a- ages of his would-be life, mm-hmm. um, which is a really interesting mecha- mechanism. Um, but uh, yeah, we see basically this is a great way to see kind of you know the way the family were in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's a, a few moments in this where you see characters make decisions that lead to them get to where they are now, mm-hmm. and. Um, there's a great moment where one of the characters quits his job at that factory that one of the, that some of the other characters still work. It's, you know, been a big part of the, the, this family's life. And, um, there's a really, you know, it's one of the few nice moments of this, you know, it's quite a depressing comic, mm. but the, uh, it makes the father just, you know, there's this great three panels of him cracking a smile at, at after his son quits his job. Ah, great. Um, but, but he, you know, he tells his dad that he quits. It's, so it's, you know, it's really nice. He's, his dad, he's, he's finally accepting that he, that the factory is not for him and it's time mm-hmm. to do something else with his life. I think the dad is the character that makes me like the happiest and saddest in Royals. Yes, definitely. Cause he just loves radios. I love radios. <laughs> um, I love dads. Try and track this down. Cause it would suck if you fell behind on Royal yeah, city. Absolutely. <coughs> Stray bullets, sunshine and roses. Is it number 31? <coughs> I have to clear my throat for a moment. So sorry. You want to talk about Straight Bullets, uh, a comic yep. you've never read? A comic, I've only read one issue of it. It was really distressing, but it looks great. It's written and drawn by David Laffham. And um, this uh, is now, we're getting very, very close to this weird, what I thought was going to be a mini series that filled the gaps in between um, some issues of his, his original 40 issue run of Stray Bullets. Um, we're at 31 now, which means I think that this is going, this, this, what I thought was going to be a mini series is going to surpass the mm-hmm. main series itself. Um, and, uh, it is this just increasingly insane romp of, uh, three characters versus two characters. Cool. Um, and, um, you know, when, uh, great thing that a lot of comics do where they spend an entire issue introducing a character that's really, really badass and dangerous. And like, you know, most of the characters in the comic are really afraid of them and then just disposes the current character before the issue is over in a yep. almost comical way. Yep. This issue does that. Great. And it's I really, you know, it ends with one of the characters covered in that character's brains. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Fun, grim stuff. This seems like one of those comics that like, you're so glad it's in black and white because if it was in color, it would be too much. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I love this book. I hope one day you do smash it all yeah. out. It's so good. It's so up your alley. Yeah, I know. Because um, the ca- the main character, Beth, is like just such an incredibly strong character and so much of the turmoil mm-hmm. is because of her own actions. But you still root for her as a hero, even though oh. like all of the bullshit that gets thrown her way is her own fault in a way, but it isn't. And like, you know, it's just part of the fucked up world that she's a part of. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Eternal Empire issue number six, written by Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughan with art by Jonathan Luna. Um, <clears throat> this is, uh, yeah, the same writer as Sleepless, uh, Sarah Vaughan. Um, oh, I hadn't made that connection. Yeah. There cool. You go. Um, and this uh, has been like a long journey of, of these two, two people that escape 
mm-hmm. this kind of like slave-like lifestyle that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then find that when they're near each other, they have like superpowers. They can bring these big fire swords out. Mm-hmm. And so now they meet their parents who are dragons. Great. <clears throat> um, and uh, they learn more of this kind of uh, legend that they play a role in. How were their parents dragons? Well, they were hatched out of eggs, these children. Mm. And there were three of them. And the third one is someone evil. Cool. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So What a great, silly fantasy concept. I'm super into that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And, like, the it's it's a lot about, like, there's a... You know when, like, something big in high fantasy goes... Like, you learn the politics of this yeah, yeah, yeah. fantasy world. Mm. It, it, this issue does that. And cool. that's, it can be very hit and miss, but this was a, a hit for me. Awesome. Slots, issue number four, written and drawn by Dan Panosian. Um... This on is, my list of things to read. Uh, this is uh, the kind of Las Vegas gritty... Uh, Grimy s- underbelly. Yeah, but kind of a celebration of that. Mm-hmm. So you have the you know the burlesque dancing and then the underground fight, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, the, the boxing. And we, we see a like, kind of like once disgraced uh, boxer come back to Las Vegas um, where his son is now a, 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 a boxer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically he has this plan to kind of... Turn, turn his tables right. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, meanwhile, there's, like, you know, like, the, the daughter of a casino owner is being, um, like, they, they're trying to, like, win her over to another casino mm-hmm. and offering her up uh, unknown riches. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, the bulk of this issue is, is about boxing. It reminds me a lot of Snatch. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That Guy Ritchie movie, which I'm sure if I saw again now, I would hate. But when I saw it in high school, I loved it. Absolutely. Um, Keep that memory alive. <laughs> and, uh I kind of enjoyed making that comparison. Um, I love this book. It looks great. And, it's um, so cool. And it's, it's firing on all cylinders in terms of plot now. And I know who all the characters are. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that one expository issue and now it's just it's just moving at a good pace. Awesome. Great issue. Um, Port of Earth this week. Um, did you fall off on this? Yes, I did. Oh, that's a bummer. I didn't heaps like the two main characters. It's gotten better okay. because they're not the two main characters anymore. There are more characters who are like, hey, you two main characters, you fucking up. Nice. Um, port of Earth is about what if aliens came to Earth and were like, can we use your Earth as a port? Mm-hmm. And in return, we'll give you um, this you know, weird technology that can use, that can turn water into electricity, basically, and save cool. all of your problems. Um, and uh, in, 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 in return, they're allowed to use Earth as a port, no questions asked. Um, and... Uh, we have like a, a basically a team that are basically like they're, they're tasked with protecting not so much the earth from the aliens, but the aliens from the earth mm-hmm. and it kind of both go hand in hand. Um, but what this comic excels at is, is kind of like giving us glimpses into the world through like um, news interviews with different figures mm-hmm. who, who, are, who are profiting from the aliens using earth as a port. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a really, really fascinating look at, um, this book, uh, this, this one, we see someone who like, you know, justifying the H2O technologies that they have mm-hmm. versus like you, we learn that so many people were put out of a job when all these other technologies were made redundant and right, of course. maybe it was a, w- not a good thing because we were actually quite close to being a very green energy using world mm-hmm. before they just up and just turn it all into water-based electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I really like this book. And then that meanwhile, there is a, yeah, like a, a bunch of uh, uh, officers who are kind of tasked with tracking down this alien. We don't know what this alien wants to do. We just know mm-hmm. that he's a threat at this point. But maybe man is the greatest threat of all, Shimon. True. Agreed. Yeah, it's a great issue. I really, really enjoyed uh, Port of Earth this week. Like, good, good, good image week. Um, yeah, I'm so sad I didn't read any of them. Yeah, anyway, fuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but uh, hey, at least you read Witchblade. I read Witchblade. The last Look, thing we're going to do. It's not bad. The last thing we're going to do on this issue uh, episode is uh, review all of the other publishers that we reviewed, re- read books of. I did a bit better on this one. Let's uh, kick things off with Boom because we've had some good ones this week. Um, Judas, issue two of four, uh, written by Jeff Loveness with art by Jacob Rebelka, um, a story about the uh, New Testament uh, biblical figure Judas, the mm-hmm. uh, the man who betrayed Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, and uh, basically this kind of comic asks, "Hey, well, I mean, God was the one who made Judas the villain, and is that fair?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this, we meet um, none other than um, you know the, the 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 first angel to be sent down uh, to hell. What's his name? Lucifer. Um, Lucifer. Um, so yeah, you um, know, he owns a nightclub in Vertigo. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, we kind of like this, the whole thing is about exploring the role of a villain in a story, but through biblical means, but yeah. really it's about villains in general and the necess- how stories necessitate their existence. This is fun. It's really, really fun. It's really good. The art is gorgeous. And like the ideas that they're playing with, like, I'm sure they've been explored in other areas, mm. but I've never considered certain biblical elements this way. And like, I think it's really good fun. Like the fact that we see jesus might be might be in hell yeah jesus is in hell because that's like that's the sacrifice that's the real sacrifice that he made i think that's a clever a clever idea and it looks so gorgeous yeah great the art, book. incredible painted art by um jacob rebelka it's really really great yeah i love it um it looks like like oil painting almost absolutely yeah. absolutely it's really good um, Met Cadet U issue number five came out this week through Boom Studios. And I love this book. Yeah, these two books are probably my favorite books of the week. Um, uh, written by Greg Pak with art by Takeshi Miyazawa and colors by Toriona Farrell. Um, this book is basically about um, a young crew of uh, of cadets who uh, control mechs. Control mechs. That's right. And uh, it's you know big kind of tribute to kaiju and um, Robo yep. um, anime mm-hmm. and, and manga um, and. Uh, in this book, uh, they're after kind of like you know going going against orders. They're all forced to join the janitorial um, cadets, which mm-hmm. is what the main character was. A, like his, his mother is like kind of the leader of that, and that they're forced to clean up their mess after like you know taking on some uh, some big big bugs against orders. Big crab kaiju guys. Yeah, and uh, this book is just great. Balancing, we're learning more about each of the the, the four kids who who have the mechs and. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, the kind of relationship between the son of the janitor and the daughter of the general mm-hmm. um, and how different they are and how you just want them to be friends. But uh, every time, you know, they, they, they give a centimeter, they then take away an inch from that friendship. And yeah, it's great. It's really good fun, guys. And then you have like this kind of like star soldier um, mm-hmm. who is uh, kind of training them in secret mm-hmm. with the Nerf guns. Yep. Just great. Just so much fun. And uh, and then you have the very real threat of these enormous bug crab creatures. Yeah, great issue. Absolutely, really, really great issue. Can't recommend this series enough. And just like yeah, I mean, buy this for 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 kids in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's just like a great great introduction to to how good comics can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you read Sword of Ages? Nah, on, it was two? on my pile. I understand why you wouldn't. Um, this is the, the new book uh, by Gabriel Rodriguez, who mm-hmm. is the artist um, on uh, Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. Um, and various other um, projects with Joe Hill, um, and uh, it looks just incredible. Like uh, for me, this is like slightly more appealing as a book than um, 
what's Rick Remender's uh, Seven to Eternity? Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. It's, it's similar, big high fantasy book. The problem that I have with this book is that it um, divvies the story up um, and focuses on four different storylines and groups of characters at the same time who haven't really met yet and haven't really... So essentially, it's, it's almost like an anthology almost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of people to remember um, and kind of worlds to remember and dialects to remember, which is kind of what turns me off the fantasy genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but the core main story, um, which... Uh, we see like a, a female warrior uh, pick up the sword of ages, and she finally does that on the, on the final page of uh, of this issue. Um, that's really compelling and fun, and so that's enough to kind of anchor me and keep me going through this story. I mean, the art is—I'll always just—I'll pick this up just to look yeah, at the art. It's gorgeous. It's so good, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping that the, uh, the all the plot lines come together at some point soon, so it's less confusing to read month to month. Um, but I'd, I'd still recommend it. It's it's, it's a beautiful looking book. Hmm. Um, Archie, should we go into the Archie zone? Might as well. Uh, Archie, issue number 27. Um, if you were going to tap out of this series, I think this issue almost gave you... like Gave hey. me a very convenient out. Um, so this is written by um, Mark Wade with art by Audrey Mock. Um, is, this, is this the end of Mark Wade's I don't know. Run? I don't think so. Um, Audrey Mock still did the cover for the next issue. Colors with like Kelly Fitzpatrick. I love um, Audrey Mock. And yeah, I think she's just the perfect fit for for, for Archie. Probably my, my favorite artist on this book since Veronica Fish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh no, I love Derek Charm too. But I don't know if Derek Charm ever did the main series. No, he just did. Joker. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so basically we see the answer given to both Archie and um, Dilton. Dilton. Um, after they're told to to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, or, the, the, or by uh, Veronica and Betty, mm-hmm. and uh, both of them are knocked back by Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, did they actually say this is the start of a beautiful friendship? That shit's corny. Oh, yeah, well. this was an inc- like this felt like Mark Wade wrote this in like half an hour. Was like I just need to get this done. Yeah. Um, and it was like, <sighs> like whatever. And Betty has, can walk again. It has an apple. Epi- oh wait, really? I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. Fuck, yeah. she can too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What she the was... fuck? How does she walk again? She just worked really hard at it and practiced lots and now she can walk again. Oh, That's can, yeah, how it works. Yeah, she's still walking upstairs. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. But the epilogue where Archie like... That's so funny. It was lost on me completely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand that throughout the series we have had Archie talking to the camera and stuff like that. But when he like does the big like turns to camera and is like, well, I've had a lot of adventures this year. And then he goes Come through... Come back any time. He goes through each of his adventures. Yeah. Like, we get it, Wade. You've written 37 issues. Like Just good Lord. Do a recap page at the start if you need to. I think mean, you did. I thought that was a really, really corny ending. Yeah, super clunky and dumb ending. Yeah. Um, but then we get, like, I was like, oh, cool, I guess I can stop reading this now. But then we get um, a little tease of Reggie um, selling the information about the Blossom Twins to mm-hmm. his father who runs the Riverdale Gazette. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's fun. I'll, maybe I do want to keep reading this and see what happens. Um, yeah. Just whatever. Sorry, I issued twenty-seven, not thirty-seven. Um, look, if I would, I would love it if they shook it up a bit and gave someone else a chance to write the book. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's like Mark Wade's told this story. I'd love it if Audrey Mock continued, but I'm I'm down to see someone else. Give yeah, it go. I totally agree. Um, it doesn't look like I can't see Archie Comics issue number twenty-eight. Here we go. Um, solicitations. I'm going to find out who who wrote this 28th issue. 
Oh, it's taking a while because your internet sucks, Siobhan. It sure does. It's written by uh, Mark Wade with somebody, Flynn. Mm. Ian Flynn? Is that, a, is that a writer? I mean, could be. It just says Flynn on the front cover. Interesting. This is tedious, I'm sure. Ooh, Here is that the person? Yeah, okay. Ian Flynn. It's written by Mark Wade and Ian Flynn. Interesting. Ooh, I read a comic by Ian Flynn this All week. All right, cool. Why don't talk about job, it? me. Um, from Dark Circle Comics, which is Archie's um, superhero line. Mm-hmm. I read Mighty Crusaders issue two, which is written by Ian Flynn, uh, by Kelsey Shannon, lettering by Jack Morelli, colors by Matt Herms. This is sort of, um, I was trying to think of like the right sort of comparison to this. It kind of reminds me of like West Coast Avengers or something like that, sort of sure. late 90s. It's not real, like it's not a comedy book, but it's just kind of a, it's a really solid superhero book oh, cool. without a huge overexpanded universe around it and I really like it I think it's good fun I think they sort of have all this sort of strong usual superhero archetypal characters in there we've got a team led by this female shield so there's like an element of legacy as well and she's got this like just really solid team around her and they're just learning learning how to be a superhero team guys awesome so I, I mean, love it is that is, is, do you reckon based on that would you be happy if Ian Flynn took over the Archie books yeah absolutely because he's writing the next Arc with Wade. Cool. I'm on board. I'll check it out. Hmm. There you go. The Mighty Crusaders is real good. Um, so the uh, final Archie book that I read this week was... I didn't read this. The Archies, which is just a bizarre book mm. because this issue was the Archies with the monkeys. Mm, and what? this issue exists because someone throws a shoe at Archie's head while he's performing. And then he imagines that he and the monkeys, that the Archies and the monkeys have to play together. Oh my God. And they've tried to do... Like seventies style Archie art, but it's fucking what's his name? It's um, uh, Joe Eisman doing yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like that at I all. I don't like Eisman's art. Um, this is written by Matt Rosenberg and um, and uh, someone Segura. Um, it's got a Alex gorgeous Segura. Greg Smallwood cover. Uh, that's why I picked it up. Incredible Smallwood cover. Anyway, so after a, a fairly forgettable romp with the monkeys, which then ends with like Archie waking up and them going like, oh, they're getting worse. Like blurg. Uh, um, guess who the next uh, next band to tie into this bizarre book is? Um, I don't know. Tegan and Sarah. Oh, I did know that. So the next issue wow. guest stars Tegan I... and Sarah. Great, Fine. another great, great Greg Smallwood cover. But yeah, very, very strange. I don't know who this is for. Hugely not for me. <laughs> I can say that fairly confidently. I don't know. Should I, should I keep reading this just because it's so weird? I yes. almost want to keep reading it just so I can then turn the page and be like, oh, okay, and then. The next tie-in is this 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 band. Yeah. Very weird. That's kind of fun. Um, you read an Aftershock book this week. I did. I read Monstro Mechanica, issue two, by this... Paul Alor and Chris Evanhuis. And Evan this is Hui. Da Vinci. Da Vinci and Lady Wearing Pants have a big automaton. And she is like, mm, I think that it has a brain and I'm trying to make it a human. And Da Vinci's like, no, it's a tool. It must be treated as such. Um, <laughs> and so it's all sort of Roman... Medici era uh, shenanigans. Machiavelli is a character. Like it's all very silly, but the art's really great. The colors are gorgeous. I think it's really fun. Silly. I um, like it. I just looked up the, the uh, solicitations for the following month for Archie. Oh yeah. And the Archie's issue six guest stars Blondie. Ooh, <laughs> look! If, the, if this wasn't drawn by Joe Eisma, I would maybe have more time for it. The cover is fucking incredible. Is it another great Smallwood one? Yeah. <sighs> And on the Smallwood thing, like, like, so look at that cover. That's a brilliant cover. 
Um, oh, it's like black and white with that is with pinks beautiful. And it's, and it's just uh, Debbie. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry with, uh, with Betty, and Veronica. Betty and Veronica. Gorgeous. Okay, great. And then, uh, but on the Greg Smallwood front, I forgot about this. Mm. Uh, two months from now, Vampironica launches. Yes, and he's doing the interiors on that, huh? Written, written and drawn by Greg and Megan Smallwood. I'm so on board. So cool. It looks, great. looks great. So, yeah, Veronica, when Veronica is bitten by a centuries-old vampire, her thirst for blood threatens to turn Riverdale into a haven for the undead. Woo! Great. On board. Sounds good. Um Better than Monster? Are you going to keep with this Monster Mechanica book? Yeah, I am. It's like, it's not incredible, but I really like the art. So I'm going to continue yeah, with it. Up. Awesome. Um, Grass Kings, issue number 11. Did you- I'm, I'm going to be sad about the next two issues that you talk about because I didn't Fuck. read either of them. I'm a, I don't understand. I I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I don't know where I live. Well, I forgot to, I forgot I to include this in our boom rundown. But I read um, some silly things instead of some great things. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, brings to an end the the kind of mystery that they've been trying to solve about this uh, woman in the community. Grass Kings is like a gated kind of yep. uh, off the off they've the beaten track from... community, independent community away yep. from America, their own sovereign nation. Yep. Um, and within it is a, a woman who who is found murdered many years ago, and um, some characters are finally kind of looking into that murder in depth, and we learn one take on, on, on how that character died and it's mm. quite tragic and accidental and about infidelity more than it is about murder and bloodlust. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, this is written by Matt Kent with Tyler Jenkins and Hilary Jenkins on art um, and they've been doing these weird variants now which look like ro- um, pulpy romance novels. I love that. So I'm just collecting all those now. Um, That's it's great. great. It's a brilliantly printed book too um, and uh, this was a really, really satisfying conclusion to a very, very sad situation mm, such great like small scale community dramas I yeah love it. totally so this is the end of book two of uh of grass Kings. so we get a a new arc starting uh starting next issue great and uh, yeah i found this really really satisfying and and uh compelling i'm so um, annoyed with myself so you didn't read ghost money six I of ten know. man you gotta treat yourself yeah, to okay. this issue it's so good okay uh this is written by terry smolderin with um art by dominique patel it's the uh um, actually, this is a, this is written specifically for 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 Lion Forge and the Magnetic Collection for oh, cool. um, for uh, uh, Lion Forge. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the it's it's the first print. I don't know it's a translation. I don't know. Fuck. Whatever. Whatever. It's great. It's this crazy, crazy book. This issue goes ten times crazier than any yeah. issue before. There are like sex robots. Cool. But the bulk of this is about like basically trying to find out what happened to uh, like. There's rumors that um, some Middle Eastern um, people played, Middle Eastern government played the stock market um, mm-hmm. on September 11, mm-hmm. like knowing that that was going to happen and, and whatever, betting against, I don't know how the stocks work, but they basically <laughs> made a ton of money off the stock market mm-hmm. um, knowing that September 11 was going to happen. Right. And so um, this is about the American government, CIA, trying to track down where that money is, who has that money. They have a suspect and uh, the bulk of this uh, story is kind of told from that suspect's eyes, literally, Mm -hmm. because uh, the government creates this software that they put in this character so they can see everything she does from her eyes. Yep. And then there are characters on that government team who have become addicted to looking at the world through her eyes and it's the only thing that makes them feel anything in this world. Meanwhile, someone's a woman who she met at a protest rally fell in love with this character and... uh, um, the last issue saw her kind of narrowly escape a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And this issue has her learning about the technology that's been implanted in the character and not able to tell her. Oh my God. And it's like, 
it's so fucking crazy. There's so many moving parts and different people, but it's it's, wow. it's really really well told comics that you can follow the whole way through. It looks beautiful. Their use of breaking out of the panels, yep, um, is just fantastic. The colors are great. This it's such a good the comic, comic has everything. Yeah. It's this crazy future story with that's like just political enough that then it was also like super far out insanity mm-hmm. going on that you never feel like dragged down by the politics and mm-hmm. the character development of each of all even like the despicable characters have development, you know? It's Absolutely. like it's great. I love it's this really I love this comic. It's far and away like my And it's gonna be one that like reads incredibly in trade, I think. It's going like I reckon that this is going to be like one of the ones that we see like optioned for a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, and, like I would love this. Is like this is one of those ones that like are not. It's not like your saga or your White Last Man like comics that I love that I never want to see turn into movies. I would love to see them. Someone attempt to turn this into a movie because it's, good luck, guys. It's drawn like a movie. Yeah, it is. So, it's very cinematic. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, good uh, fun. So good. So uh, yeah, please. Uh, I'm sure I'm that go I reckon the first volume of this. Go, um, comes out very soon yeah Ghost Money 6 of 10 check it out great uh, next up we'll, let's go through a couple of comics that weren't very good oh I didn't even read this yeah I picked up the co- for the cover and then I looked at the interiors and it made me too sad yeah Barbarella um, issue number 2 written by Mike Carey with art by Keenan Yurard, um through Dynamite I don't want to be rude about anyone's art but it just doesn't appeal to me and I don't like the colours and- yeah I kind of I, I, I semi enjoyed the first issue and then I got like you know like four or five pages into the second issue and it's just kind of dumb yeah uh, it's not you know you know it's just ex- extremely not for me there we go actually um, no, it's dumb i'm gonna give it a stick with dumb <laughs> i read um issue four of the fighting american the joe sermon and jack kirby creation this is written by gordon rennie pencils by pc de la fuente fuente and duke mighton also inks by jed doherty and colors by tracy bailey this is the um Time displaced 1950s Captain America vibe bro sent to the future because some communists got sent to the <laughs> past. Blah 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 blah. It's actually I I quite like this. No, I'm very surprised you still, you stuck with this. Yeah, it was silly. Really appealed to me. Um, the first arc is now finished. I kind of like like the art's real goofy and the colors are real poppy. It's like kind of Mike already. Almost, almost not quite as sophisticated and like. Definitely some wonkier faces, but I kind of like that. Um, he, the character punches a dude through time so <laughs> hard that he feels it today. Amazing. Um, and now there's like a whole bunch. It's going to continue, I guess. And I don't know if I'll necessarily continue with it, but the first arc was good fun. Great. <clears throat> well, the final book we're going to talk about today is Yay! Bloodshot Salvation, issue number five. Out through Valiant, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Luis La Rosa and Miko Sawan. Um, with uh, colors by Diego Rodriguez. Um, this uh, tells a story, semi like it's like semi set in the future, in which yep. um, uh, Bloodshot's family tries to contact a pre- presumably dead Bloodshot, mm-hmm. and then uh, we see the actions that led to him, I guess, dying mm-hmm. um, in the past, mm-hmm. um, and this sees him kind of uh, get aided by Ninjak. I love how like how all the Valiant characters always show up in each other's book. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he's basically, Ninjak helps him escape this horrendous backwater hick community that mm-hmm. Bloodshot's been trapped in because he had his nanite technology removed from him or switched off essentially yeah. by government. Um, and uh, 
we see him make his first kill, not as Bloodshot, who he's killed millions of people with, but as as his own, as as, as himself, as a man, as a man, and it doesn't feel good. Siobhan. It doesn't feel good at all. But also satisfying. But uh, Gerard Butler. But Gerard Butler. Um, he could play Bloodshot. He could play Bloodshot. That's good. He'd be a good Bloodshot. <laughs> I really like this book a lot. I think Jeff Lemire poor like. There's so much in this. There's so much that happens and mm-hmm. it could only exist in this format and it could only exist within this world and this very specific context but he's using it to tell really great, compelling, dramatic stories and I think it's so so good. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm not crazy about is the painted artwork uh, like in this. It. Yeah, but we, we, uh, the next arc is uh, done by Renato Guedes, who I like a lot more. Who's that? Uh, who, who he? he? He's just a lot of Valiant books in the past that I've enjoyed. Great. Um, but I tell you what is uh, a real, real bummer is seeing their Kenneth Rockefort art on the cover mm. and then not getting that on interiors. Yeah. But I think Kenneth Rockefort is doing a, uh, a Valiant book from the interiors of that very, very soon. So I'll have that to look forward to soon. It's great. I love I love this book. Yeah. I love Baby Bloodshot. I love all the bloodshots. Yeah, me too. Real good fun. Um, so that is it for the episode this week. Thank you so much for being with us during this troubling time in which we are two weeks behind. And but... in which I didn't read half the books. Hey, you did okay. Thanks, man. Just okay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Agreed. again, next week is going to be our insane double episode. Cool. Um, so, Siobhan, I wish you luck in this harrowing weekend ahead. Thank you. Um, and uh, we'll be we'll be seeing you in another week, dear listener. Less than a week because it's Wednesday. We're putting this up now, and uh, hopefully next episode will be up on a Monday. Cool. Provided it doesn't uh. take us twenty four hours to record, <laughs> which it might. Could very well. Yeah, I need to like read this week's books. Um, good luck to both of us. Yes. And uh, stay serious until then. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.